Hi, everyone. My name is Lynn Knutson, and this is the first of the many interviews I am doing for the folks at Treehouse. I have lived in this beautiful community for 17 years now, and I'm convinced more than ever that this community should be a model for all the world to see. In case you didn't know about it, I'll give you a brief overview. The amazing Judy Cockerton, our founder, adopted a child many years ago from the foster system and recognized the enormous need for a community to provide the comfort and security that families who take children from the foster system to foster and adopt them. So she sprang into action and from finding the right location, the housing organization, and many other necessary entities, she actually created a village which she named Treehouse. You can Google Treehouse Foundation East Hampton to view it in all of its glory. Now to the purpose of this podcast. A village is made up of its members, the heart and soul of the village. So I am here to report to you the heart and soul of Treehouse. Here is the very first episode of Getting to Know You. Thanks for listening. Hi, Judy. <laughs> Hello, uh, Lynn. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to have you here. This is just wonderful uh, because there are so many things I want to know about what you've been doing, where, where it all began, what was going on in your mind at the very beginning. So I'm going to be asking you a few questions, but we only have a little less than an hour, so I want to hear most of it from you. So please, let's start by, what, tell us the very beginning uh, when you first came up with the idea. Of, of an intergenerational treehouse community <laughs> yes <laughs> for three generations of folks um, let's see I became uh, I'm gonna start I think I'm gonna start with um, one night uh, it was the fall of 1998 uh -huh. my husband was a newspaper editor in Boston at the Boston Herald uh -huh. and he brought home a newspaper article about a little five-month-old baby boy in foster care in Worcester, mm -hmm. who was kidnapped in the middle of the day from his crib while he was taking a nap. Oh. And I didn't know, I mean, I was 48 years old. I had been a teacher. I had been, uh, for uh, 10 years, I had been um, a businesswoman for almost 20, and I had no idea that a child in foster care could be kidnapped yeah. from their crib in the yeah, middle of the day. Horrible. And I read the article and I loved my job. I owned two specialty toy stores in the greater Boston mm. area and also down by the Cape and I, I loved what I did. We were a real resource to the community yeah. and um, I was not thinking of changing my life in any way, shape or form. But when I read that article, it was a real catalyst for me mm -hmm. to think about the fact that we are all responsible for our children yeah. and certainly our children who are experiencing foster care. Sure. And so my kids were 12 and 18 at the time, mm -hmm. our kids were, and they were putting their dishes in the sink. And I read the article and said, could you come back? I would love to have a conversation with you about this article, but also 
ask you the question, what are we going to do oh. um, to mm -hmm. make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen in the future? Yeah. Oh. So we had a big conversation as a family. Mm -hmm. We had a family meeting. And then we decided that we would become a foster family. And so we called the Department of Children and Families the next day mm -hmm. and took the courses that you need to take and we had a home study and um, then the day after we finished our classes I was at work at my specialty toy store in Brookline Massachusetts and I was in the basement just gathering yeah. all kinds of things to take up and make the store look pretty yeah and there was a phone call from the social worker oh. for, who had taught our class mm -hmm. and she said you know I have um, I have an opportunity for you to become a foster family. Oh. Would you like to take this opportunity? And she mm. explained it to us. And I called my husband, Arthur, and we both said yes. Mm -hmm. And then I went to pick my daughter up, um, who was in the seventh grade at a local middle school. And, um, and we went home and within two hours, um, we were a foster family. Wow, <laughs> that was quick. Uh, yes, yeah. it was like w my daughter and I drove in because we had to stop and get high chairs, uh, yeah. you know, um, high chairs, um, diapers, formula, your... all those things that I didn't have oh, in my home. Oh, you didn't have them in your store. No, right. oh, I didn't yeah. carry those yeah. things. And so we stopped and got all those yeah. things, car seats, um, and then brought them home. As we drove into our driveway, the social workers drove in behind wow. us. <laughs> and then my husband drove in and jumped out and started taking pictures. Wow. So I came into the child, world of child welfare yeah. not knowing anything really, Lynn. Yeah. I, I wanted to help. Um, we wanted to be a resource. Um, and so I began, um, I kind of walked in to the first family visit um, and saw lots of kids and social workers and lots of adults. They were either biological parents or foster parents or foster adoptive mm -hmm. parents. Um, guardians, relative caregivers. And so I saw all these people, but what I didn't see was us. Oh, mm -hmm. And you know, having raised my, my sure, children right. in what I consider to be the land of opportunity, yeah. I felt like I had one foot in the land of opportunity where yeah. opportunities and resources were available to yeah. families and to children, right. and the other foot now in the land of child welfare uh, where there wasn't much really? opportunity uh -huh. and there weren't very many resources. Uh -huh. And so, in, in kind of straddling those two worlds, mm -hmm. I began to re-envision foster care in America. Mm. And I started reading everything I could get my hands on and talking to as many people um, as I could, talking to young people living in foster care, talking to birth parents, foster parents, adoptive parents, mm -hmm. talking to lawyers and uh, researchers mm -hmm. and philanthropists mm -hmm. to find out, you know, we're spending $35 billion Ooh. every year. Yeah in this country on our child welfare system. Mm -hmm. What are we and doing? It, it what are we doing yeah. Yeah. and what are the outcomes? And what I learned, I learned three things pretty much in the first six months. And that is that we've set our child welfare system up to fail. We say here, you are responsible for our most vulnerable children and families. Keep them safe. Mm -hmm. We're gonna give you a little bit of money, mm -hmm. not enough, but a little yeah. bit, yeah. and then we're gonna turn and walk away and we're only gonna pay attention mm -hmm. when something goes wrong. 
Right, right. That and so happened. that yes. paradigm leads to mm-hmm. all kinds of horrible outcomes. Yeah, right. And one of those outcomes is 25,000 young people aging out of foster care alone without family and community oh, connections yeah. and becoming the next generation of poor and homeless Americans. Oh, dear. And yeah. that yeah. that statistic, um, which I remember very distinctly a lawyer saying to me, this has been the reality for the entire 25 years that wow. I have worked for the Department of Children and Families. Now, you had said to me before that there was another child, there was a second child, How, what was that one about? Um, yes, there yeah. there have been children, but this this is about the outcomes for all right. kids. Right, um, right. And, uh, and so that was, that was really important for me to, to hear from him mm-hmm. that for the 25 years that he'd been doing the work, right. um, that had been the reality, 25,000 yeah. young people aging yeah. out every year. And I can say that in the 20 years that I've been doing the work, it's still the same reality. So that's a 50 yeah. year span. Yeah. So that was this statistic that really grabbed me by the ankle. You said, what's the genesis? Yeah. That statistic is right. the genesis yeah. um, so, of the intergenerational so triage community. So you took this baby, right? You, you, yeah, you I know. took, uh, yes, I welcomed this beautiful baby who is now my 24-year-old daughter. Wow. <laughs> and um, and uh, she was an amazing teacher for me. She and her family, her siblings, her parents, et cetera. Um, and, um, and I just began learning on mm-hmm. the front lines of mm-hmm. being a foster parent. Uh-huh. Um, so I decided what I wanted to do was to sell my businesses mm-hmm. and become a full-time advocate oh. and advocate for uh-huh. uh, a new way of uh-huh. caring for children uh-huh. and a new way of moving children out of the public foster care mm-hmm. system so they would never be at risk of aging out uh-huh. alone. So when did you start thinking that this new way may actually become a village? I would say I sold my businesses in 2001, 2002, probably 2002, because what I did then, after I did all that reading and kind of, you know, understood what the situation was, I went to speak to Harry Spence, who was the commissioner at the Department of Children and Families. Mm -hmm. And I said, I would love to support the work of the department if you would like me to. I'm re-envisioning foster care in America. I'm sure he thought I was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they certainly didn't think this woman. They didn't think about a village, no. Of course no, not. And I no. said to him, I'd love to start with an intergenerational community uh, for families who would be adopting children from the public foster care system mm-hmm. and older adults who would be supporting the families yeah. and supporting one another. Right. And he leaned across the table, Lynn, and he said, yes, please. Oh. Because he understood the importance if kids can't stay home and they can't go home, yeah. they need to find home. Right. So that they're yeah. not languishing in care and then just aging yeah, out by themselves. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, those those statistics um, that that statistic leads to uh, homelessness, incarceration, teen mm-hmm. parenting, lives of poverty. So we really wanted to dissolve mm-hmm. that pipeline. So what was your next step then in trying to create a, a treehouse? <laughs> so I spoke with Harry, which was huh? wonderful. Um, and then I said to him, with your permission, mm-hmm. everything I read in the quarterly DCF reports says that the largest number of children living in foster care reside in Western Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like wow. to begin there. Wow. And he said, yes, please. Wow. So I got in my car the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm on my sixth car. I got in my car the next day and I 
Um, and I drove out to Western Mass and began talking to people about yeah. the idea of an intergenerational treehouse community, mm -hmm. wow. um, you know, with 120 people mm -hmm. where people would be coming together Mm -hmm. in this intentional neighborhood with a mission and a vision. And our vision is every child rooted in family and community. And how did you come up with the number of 120 people that you wanted? Research shows uh -huh. that if you go much larger than 120, right. people start to fall in the cracks. Right. And we, mm -hmm. we, that's not something we want at Treehouse. Right. This is a model that's all about relationships. Right. This is a model where one generation helps another. Mm -hmm. and in order to do that, in order to build those relationships, right. as you know, yeah. um, you need to really know your neighbors. Right. You really mm -hmm. need to know the on-site staff. Mm -hmm. You really need to have, you need to build trust. Right. I, I was just reading some statistics recently and I found that they found that uh, all of the studies seem to show that about 100 people or so, give or take, made the perfect number of people that could make a community. Yes. So this has really worked out very successfully. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a really nice number. Yeah. And so uh, we Harry Spence, after I found land here, um, uh, there were probably 250 people who came together in Western Mass mm -hmm. who were uh, advocates of our intergenerational community uh -huh. model, people who were champions for it and yeah. ambassadors for it. And so I found um, a site in East Hampton next to the Whitebrook Middle School. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it was Mayor Mike Tosnick who who showed me that oh, site. Really? Uh -huh. and, um, and I approached the owners and told them about our vision. Yeah. And they said, yes, we, they would sell the land to us. Mm -hmm. Beacon Communities, our housing partner, helped us purchase the land. Mm -hmm. um, and then we started designing and building. Mm -hmm. And in two years, we started welcoming children, that's youth, amazing. families, yeah. and older adults yeah, to live at Treehouse. That's amazing to do all of that, to find the land yes. and the, all of these different aspects, yes. And I think I'd heard a, a while ago, I think that you had mentioned something about the, the owner of the land who said that he was a bit reluctant to sell his land to anybody else, but when he heard your story, he was so impressed that he wanted you to have the land. It, w it was really a very fun story. So I, I made a, um, an appointment to meet with the owners of the land. Land, um, very lovely people um, who lived in Holyoke, mm -hmm. and um, and I drove out to meet them. And at that time, it was a hayfield. The treehouse mm -hmm. circle was a hayfield, yeah. and so I drove down the the road into the hayfield. And there was a gentleman in a blue truck who was haying the field. And I went up to him and I said, "Hi, my name is Judy Cockerton. Mm -hmm. I I'm here to meet so and so." And he yeah. said, "Oh yes, Mrs. So and So said she is going to be meeting you at the front of the property." Oh. And I said, wonderful. So I drove back up and I parked my car and I waited for her to come. And while I was waiting, the blue pickup truck came and parked next to me. Oh. And, uh, you know, this lovely woman comes down and she starts laughing when she gets out of her car. And so I introduced myself and I said, what's what's funny? And she said, this is my husband. Uh, and hey. if he didn't like the way you looked, he wasn't going to give you a tour of the oh. land. <laughs> and so I laughed and I said, what did you 
you think I was going to look like? And he said, well, you're from Boston, so I didn't know who uh, you would be or what, who, you know. He uh, said, I just had to check you out. Uh, and um, mm -hmm. and there I was in my muck boots and my pants and my shirt and, and, and my sweatshirt. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and he saw me for who I really am. Yeah. So he, yeah. oh, that's I, I passed the test. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So you started Treehouse, and, and uh, you did this in just two years. You were able to see the first person. And then you st afterwards, you started many, many other things. After Treehouse was completed, there were many other. There was the Heroes Program. Tell me about some of these other things that you did. Sure. So, um, so we began, and, and let me just say that um, it certainly wasn't me. It, teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. Right. And so it was our housing partner, Beacon Communities. It was our child welfare partner at the time, Berkshire Children and Families. It was the Treehouse Foundation, all collaboratively mm -hmm. working together. Yeah. Um, and so everybody together made it happen. Yeah. And then um, when, you know, people were coming and community members we had, over a hundred community members ranging in age from newborns to 91. Wow. And you are 91 now, but you were not 91 when <laughs> you moved right. in 17 years <laughs> ago. Right. And um, and so we just, uh, we began doing all kinds of community building and wonderful relationships, as you right. know, started to sure. happen. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we did was we launched our re-envisioning foster care in America movement mm -hmm. in 2010. So mm -hmm. we opened in 2006 and there were, there are 12, three, four, and five bedroom family townhouses mm -hmm. on yeah. Treehouse Circle and 48 elder cottages. And so um, we made sure that everybody was connecting in beautiful ways. And then in 2010, we launched our Re-Envisioning Foster Care in America movement. Mm -hmm. And a local philanthropist, very visionary, read a blog post about uh, that I wrote about re-envisioning foster care in America. Uh -huh. And she drove over to Treehouse and she said, let's do it and let's launch it with a conference. So oh. we launched our first conference in Holyoke. Oh. And mm -hmm. this fall, this November, we're having our ninth conference in yeah. Boston yeah. at the Edward M. Kennedy Institute. Yeah, that's very and um, so we're very excited by that. So at that first conference, people throughout the region talked about what do we want to stop what do we want to start and what do we want to continue? Mm -hmm. And their DCF leadership was there as well as uh, uh, just a whole group of stakeholders from the mm -hmm. region. And one of the things that people said was that there was a huge need for a year-round uh, youth leadership program. Mm -hmm. And was there anyone who would take that on? Mm -hmm. And so the Treehouse Foundation, we raised our hand and we said, we'll take that on. Oh. And so we launched Heroes, um, uh, the Heroes Youth Leadership Program in mm -hmm. 2011. Mm -hmm. And that is for young people ages 14 to 24 who've experienced foster care, maybe they've been adopted, maybe they are still living in foster mm -hmm. care, and it's year-round programming to support their leadership development mm -hmm. and their employment, education, life skills development. Right. Um, and so that's a 13-year-old program. Right, yeah, 13 12 years now. 12-year-old oh, program. Yeah, um, well, we've had many of the meetings at Treehouse, and yes. I've met these, these young people. It's yes. wonderful for them. Yes, yeah. and one of the things that I have loved about Heroes is that um, pre-COVID, and we're just starting it back up this month, pre-COVID we had um, Heroes did this Youth Truth presentation. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where they uh, would go yes. to the State House, they would go to 
uh, local stages, whether it was at HCC or mm -hmm. Holyoke High School, mm -hmm. and they would get on the stage and they would do their presentation. Yes, it was and beautiful. And they would, they would share with people what their hopes and dreams for right, their lives yeah. and futures are. Yeah, that was very beautiful. Uh, very, very, very beautiful. Yes. And every year it was slightly different because it would be different heroes, yeah. youth leaders right. involved. And they also went to the Department of Children and Families and shared the presentation oh, with social oh, workers. Oh, that's perfect, yeah. So um, we, during COVID, of course, they couldn't come together to create their presentation. Yeah. And we partnered with Enchanted Circle Theater uh -huh. um, between 2011 and 2020 to, mm -hmm. to do those presentations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we're partnering again with Priscilla Helweg, mm -hmm. who was the wonderful executive director of Enchanted right. and yeah. is now um, has now retired and started a new organization mm -hmm. called Integration Arts Integration. Oh. And so we're partnering mm -hmm. with her again right. in order to make this the, the second round, right. the second I chapter. I know I was looking Heroes forward to going to the program this afternoon, but unfortunately I had to go to the doctor today. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to get an appointment. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Of course yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a shame. Now you also did the. Um, the suitcase project, oh, that absolutely. was wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So um, I think we started in hmm, maybe 2008. So typically, I remember this very well, um, when the social workers drove into our driveway and opened the door and introduced me to my youngest daughter, yeah. um, they took out a huge trash bag yeah. and put it on the on the um, in the driveway yeah. and they said this is her belongings uh. you can go through those belongings when you have time yeah and I just thought to myself wow yeah. and so what I came to learn is that social workers it's easy for social workers to have a box of trash bags yeah. in the trunks of their car yeah. so that when they stop to support children yeah. they can quickly pull their belongings yeah. together etc right. so what we did was we started the suitcase project right. um, in order Order to make sure that those stuff, those um, trash bags could be replaced with right. suitcases to yeah. give the kids dignity. Yeah, that was so wonderful. And, um, yeah. and we've heard from social workers over the years that brand new duffel bags are preferred oh. because mm -hmm. they're flatter, they're easier to store, oh, they can uh -huh. go in the back of their, their yeah. trunks um, and yeah. they can whip those out and yeah. give the kids uh, you know, yeah. options for colors, et cetera. Sure. Yeah. So um, we've been doing um, duffel drives. Ah, I see, yeah. I mean, I yes. remember the early suitcase thing. I was little involved in that. Yes. Yeah, that was wonderful. You got everybody involved. All the residents of, of Treehouse somehow got involved in everything. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's been so wonderful to have all of the support of Treehouse community members for anything that we do. I just feel mm -hmm. like, um, you know, if we were doing um, REFCA workshops, re-envisioning foster care in America workshops yeah. at Treehouse, if we were doing uh, any of the REFCA conferences, you all came. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that folks will get on the bus on November 3rd oh, yes. at Treehouse at 6 a.m. Yes. and yeah. drive in <laughs> yeah. and and, yeah. um, and participate because this year's conference has, um, uh, 31 REFCA champions who are all lived experience leaders mm -hmm. sharing their award-winning ideas mm -hmm. for how to transform child welfare yeah. uh, and make it a more just and equitable oh, system. Yes, that's so, um, so that's so exciting that over the years, uh, all of these amazing re-envisioning foster care in America yeah. champions from all over the country. There are 75 champions from wow, all over the country that yeah. the Treehouse Foundation has honored. Um, um, and um, 
so really exciting to hear oh, their, really? yes. their expertise and their wisdom and their great yeah. ideas. So you're talking about a lot of expansive things that are happening, and I know that I've heard one of the very exciting things is we're going to have a new tree house. Can you tell us about this yes. new one? Yes. <laughs> um, so we are fortunate to partner with um, Two Life Communities, which is an affordable housing developer in the greater Boston area. And um, we are building on the um, site of the former Boston State Hospital in Mattapan. Oh. We're building a second treehouse community, an urban treehouse community. Oh. So mm -hmm. here we have 11 acres in East Hampton. Right. And in Boston, we have a little less than three. Oh. But mm -hmm. on that, that little less than three, our next door neighbor, literally in our backyard, is the Mass Audubon Boston Nature oh, Center. How so there's 60 yeah. beautiful oh, acres yeah. right behind us in our backyard. Oh, how and all kinds of great intergenerational programming. Yeah. Uh, it's a nature sanctuary, so yeah. oh, I mean, what yeah. could be better than that, that right? Sounds wonderful. So yeah. you're you're literally in the Boston Nature Center, and you look through the parking lot, and tree houses right there through the tree yeah. line. Oh, so we're in the process of designing that community, uh -huh. um, and we have housing for families adopting children from foster care. We have housing for young people who are at risk of aging out of foster care alone. Oh, that's wonderful. And we have yeah. uh, housing for older adults. So yeah. once again, our three to four generation right. model, yeah. uh, intentional neighboring, and yeah. we're really looking forward to that happening. So do you feel that over the years with Treehouse here, that we've learned what, what, what might be better that we can put into the other Treehouse? Yes, and that's why we added in the house for you know young people ages 18 to 24 yeah. who are at risk of aging yeah, out alone. That's a wonderful so idea. Yeah. That's woven in as well. So not only will those young people receive affordable housing, but they'll also receive wraparound supports, um, and they'll receive um, some real wonderful family finding support uh -huh. from our partners, yeah. Plumber Youth Promise. Some of the older people have said to me that they thought it would be just wonderful if a few people could share a house that that if, if some elders could have maybe five people in five bedrooms, you know, and, and, yes. have, and maybe have a nurse on residence yep. to take care of people when they've got really old. And I think that sounds like just a wonderful concept. I've met people since who are doing that on the outside. You know, they say, oh, I have a house and I'm going to start sharing it with a few adults. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense, yeah. Lynn. And I, I, you know, if the housing at, that we have at East Ham, in East Hampton um, on Treehouse Circle, um, due to the funders, um, it is set up for families adopting children from foster care and older adults yeah. um, in the way that it is. Mm -hmm. um, but if we could buy one of the houses yeah. on the other side of one of the neighborhood right, houses right. Yes. Um, and do something like yes, that, that, either for wonder. young people yeah. or for older yes, adults. Yes, that would be wonderful. Um, or a mixture of both. Yes, that would um, be terrific. That would be, you know, I Maybe feel like that needs people, to happen. Would, yeah, mixing the elders and the young people might be a very good idea Isn't in that, one house. I mean, because that's what we're doing here. Other. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. That would be wonderful, yes. Yeah. Oh, there's so many ways, so many directions. Now, what about now the future? So now we've got a second treehouse, and what are you thinking about after that? Do you want to, would you like to spread treehouse all over the world? I think we had visitors from, from Denmark. Oh, we've had were, yeah. over 500 visitors from all around the country. Uh -huh. um, 
come to Treehouse in East Hampton right. because they've heard about it, they've read about it in their textbooks, yeah. they've heard about yeah. it from their teachers or from, you know, mm -hmm. from the media, somehow on the media. Right. And, um, and so they come because they want to find out. Some of these are people who, and organizations who want to build Treehouse inspired communities and right. we work with them to do that. Right. We, you know, consult with them so that they can build communities. Mm -hmm. There's been a community built uh, in Portland, Oregon uh -huh. called Bridge Meadows uh -huh. and their whole team came out to East Hampton uh -huh. to make sure that, you know, they understood the model. Wasn't that group in, in Hope Meadows, weren't, weren't they before Treehouse? That, so Hope Meadows was different. This is Bridge Meadows oh, in Bridge, Portland. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there have been folks from Missouri, folks from Arizona, folks from upstate New York, folks from Atlanta. So there are people from all over the country who are very interested mm -hmm. in intergenerational treehouse community yeah. living I and think, yeah. how we do it, what the model is, what's our secret yeah. sauce, right? Yeah, right. How do we, because intergenerational community living is different from intergenerational programming. Oh, absolutely. So yes. someone right. was talking to me about, you know, we do intergenerational programming. I said, tell me about that. Yeah. And they said, we put kids on a bus and we bus them in and then the kids are there for like an hour or so yeah. and then they go home. Yeah. And I said, right. I said, this is different because in each house, these are, this is a neighborhood, an right. intentional neighborhood, right. where as people are coming out of their house in the morning, afternoon, or evening, yeah. they're connecting with neighbors of all ages, uh -huh. and there's a mission. There's an actual mission and a right, vision. Right, right. Um, and so it makes it a little bit different than intergenerational. We're not busing right, anybody true. in and out. So people over are the years, together. we've had 17 years now there mm -hmm. to experiment and perhaps try variations on a theme, I guess. Yeah. And what would you say are the things that you may have decided over the years, uh, some things maybe didn't work as well and that you wanted to change? What kind of things did you want to change over the years? Or was it I all think perfect? I th I th no, 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 nothing's ever, I mean, perfect yeah. is the enemy of good, right? Right, right. Um, I think that, um, I, you know, it all depends. What we've learned is, a gr and certainly grace and flexibility is our motto, but what we've learned is, it, you know, it's, it's all meeting, it's all about meeting the emerging needs of community members. Mm -hmm. And so whoever is living on Treehouse Circle, uh -huh. making sure that we are creating, co-creating the right programming mm -hmm. for that particular cohort of people. Right. Making sure that um, if there is a, if there's a toddler, uh, if there's a an older adult, um, you know, that we're meeting all of those needs, right? And we're mm -hmm. meeting the needs based on a child's trauma history, mm -hmm. based on an adult's um, health and right. you know yeah. well-being, um, based on a parent's particular need in a moment. Mm -hmm. Are they just in the process of adopting? Are they several years in? Um, how mm -hmm. old are their children? Uh, mm -hmm. What is it that, that they need from us to be able to right. be strong and healthy and yeah. successful? So really having that grace and flexibility, mm -hmm. that has been probably our guiding light, yeah. right? It's right. like making sure that when the team arrives every morning, they're really scanning to see what is it that they need to do that mm -hmm. particular day? What kind 
kind of programming uh -huh. do we need to be developing right. with community uh -huh. members right. that brings the community in? Remember last year we started, after COVID, for the first time, we started our intergenerational arts program. Right. Yeah. And um, and I felt like it was a little bumpy. Uh -huh. And um, and so we all, we gathered and we talked about it a lot and figured out where the bumps were and, mm -hmm. and how to meet Heroes Youth Leaders' mm -hmm. needs better yeah. and how to meet um, younger people's needs better, mm -hmm. how to meet the um, the aftercare programs right. needs better, yeah. how to meet elders needs better. Some right. elders didn't want to do movement and music. Yeah. Some mm -hmm. folks wanted to paint and draw rather mm -hmm. than write. Right. So really, yeah. you know, customizing, right. um, mm -hmm. which is what we try to do to meet the emerging needs of everybody is to customize whatever that plan might be. Right. Now there are probably I hope we have a few people in an audience here. Mm. Yes, please. <laughs> so we hope. And for those people who are listening and watching this, and they, and they say, oh, I want to move there. <laughs> yes, please come take a tour. Yes. Please, I would like, please yeah, come take I a would tour. like to tell these people in our audience, what what is the next step? What would you like to do? You mentioned taking a tour. Oh, is absolutely. That? I think that is the best way to come. And we have Yael Petretti, who is our volunteer coordinator gives tours once a month um, and if there the demand is great she would certainly do more than once a month right. um, and so she gives tours and answers question and gives a little bit of the history mm -hmm. um, she invites people to come to our monthly treehouse teas uh -huh. um, which we've been that's a, a treehouse tradition that's been happening since the first week yeah, that we opened. Lovely. yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, just to get to know community members and to kind of see Treehouse in action. I think people really love to do that. I think those are the best mm -hmm. next steps for anyone who's interested in, in so, learning about so us. So is there a criteria of the kind of people that we, you'd want to come and what, what, would, you, what would you expect for, from them and for them. Sure, and are you talking about people who are interested in coming to live at Treehouse? I'm talking about both uh, people who might be young people interested in adopting or, mm -hmm. or taking foster children, or people already who are foster parents who would like very much to take some children, uh, I mean to be in a community that would be supportive, or elders who would find that this, would this be a place for them to move to where they can you know, be with, with all different, many different generations. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So for me, it's funny because we do, um, uh, in order for uh, you to be considered as a priority treehouse applicant, um, uh, we we offer classes, right? So if you are, our, our three priorities for families are families like my own who had already adopted children right. and wanted to live in a community where they could receive the supports, ongoing supports, um, people who were interested in adopting and were going through their MAP training courses and people who had just finished their MAP training courses and mm -hmm. were in the process of having a child or a sibling mm -hmm. group placed in their home. Mm -hmm. So those are the three families families that um, family priorities mm -hmm. and for older adults um, uh, so yeah L and our community facilitator Tracy Levy offer classes for older adults and we kind of call it a treehouse map training mm -hmm. and so it's an opportunity for people to hear about what community living is mm -hmm. actually all about mm -hmm. um, and they had me make a little video um, that goes before the the, the folks um, are folks who are thinking about applying and thinking about taking the class. And you know, um, what I say in the video is, if you love children, 
Mm -hmm. If you love our mission and vision, mm -hmm. if you love the idea of living in community and certainly having your private time, but sharing mm -hmm. your life, bringing your time and your talents and your resources mm -hmm. um, to lifting other people up, lifting mm -hmm. your neighbors up, mm -hmm. please apply to live at Treehouse. Mm -hmm. If you don't, please don't apply. <laughs> What would you say would be the difference for an elder person in, in uh, deciding to go to assisted living? Why would they, would you, would, what's the difference between assisted living and treehouse? Well, I mean, you can answer that better than I can <laughs> because you've lived there for 17 yeah. years. But I, yeah. I feel like as an older adult myself, um, if I had a choice between tree, a treehouse community and assisted living, I'd choose the treehouse community because I love kids. I love people. I want to be engaged with people of all ages. Um, and, um, and I want to be active. I want to live a life of meaning and purpose. Right. I mm -hmm. want to give back. I want to leave a legacy. I want to make sure that the next generation has everything they need mm -hmm. to succeed. And I want to be with like-minded people. So uh -huh. that's that yeah. was, that would be what Treehouse would offer me. Assisted living would be fine, but it couldn't offer me all those extra things. No, right. You said before you turned 85, I think, you said, I never thought that at this age I would be cherished, seen, valued, loved, and appreciated. And at Treehouse, I feel all these things. Yep. Mm -hmm. I would like that as well. And mm -hmm. I would like that for many, many more mm -hmm. people. Uh, uh, I just feel like older Americans deserve to have that option. Right. Well, I think that the difference for me would be, because I've talked to a lot of people who moved to assisted living, is it's really, um, it's all take. There's no give and take. Oh. And uh, they're in a situation, you know, where they're given this opportunity and given that opportunity, but they're not, they don't have the opportunity to be useful, to mm -hmm. have purpose. And I think that purpose in life is an extremely important mm -hmm. thing. And once we find a purpose of some sort in our lives, something that really has meaning that we can give back to this world, then I think that this, this creates the deep satisfaction and happiness that people are, are trying to always find all their lives. I agree. <laughs> the purpose to 100%. find your purpose. 100%. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We're so. kindred spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to some people, you know, and and they and they say, "Well, I like Treehouse because uh, I like my apartment very much. It's got a washer and dryer that's built in." <laughs> well, that's good too. Yeah. That's all good too. I mean, you you need to create a right. community that is easy to live in, that is beautiful, that is responsive, and where someone, I, I love the fact that at Treehouse, you know, you know, you don't have to cut your lawn, you right. don't have to shovel, I mean, you don't right. have to shovel your walks. Yes. I mean, that's all a value add, right? Oh, absolutely. But the real hook for me, um, for an intergenerational Treehouse community is living a life of meaning and purpose as right. an older absolutely. adult. Absolutely. And as a parent, as a foster adoptive parent, having the supports around you so that your family can successfully launch out into the world That's right. and, uh, and be productive and yeah. um, 
healthy and whole and thrive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a treehouse is about thriving yeah. all three and generations. Treehouse does allow everybody there to thrive. And, and, and people who, there are some people who are more introverted and they want to stay by themselves, but there, there are some people who have great skills. They may be very good in the, we have a community garden mm -hmm. and they may be very good in the community garden, but not like to come to meetings. Mm -hmm. Or they may be a very good artist of one sort or another. We have one man who, who uses his art to, to make uh, cards for everybody's birthday and occasion, okay, which that. is very lovely. So everybody is, has the opportunity to use their particular skill. We have a few people who are terrific cooks mm. and they do a lot of the cooking and they're terrific. Yeah. And so there are, it's a wonderful opportunity to be the most of who you were meant to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm so thrilled that you had this idea in your head and that you created such a community. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. My mom was one of nine and my dad was one of three. Wow. So I grew up surrounded by aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents, oh. all these people who loved me and and invested in my life yeah. and in my future. Wonderful. And so in thinking about re-envisioning foster care in America yeah. and vital aging, yeah. in thinking about those things, uh, you know, that just seemed like such a no-brainer to me because yeah. uh -huh. I had experienced it my whole childhood. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so you, that yeah. piece is is really woven into You had a wonderful family. Yeah. 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 That yeah. is wonderful. And you had your own two children. Is it two children? Yes, I yeah. have two children. By and birth. they're both yeah. adults. What are they doing yeah. now? So one is a... Um, an, a book publisher, uh -huh. and the other is an immigration lawyer. Oh, terrific. Yeah. That is wonderful. You must yeah. be so proud of them. Oh, I love them. Yes, yeah. yes. I was just helping my son and daughter-in-law move into, they've been saving up for 10 years to buy a house, oh. and they just bought a house, and um, I was helping them uh, scrub the walls and, and yeah. wash the windows this oh, weekend. Oh, how so, lovely. Yeah. That is really great. I was just at a little uh, birthday party for a friend who turned 80, she must have had 300 people at her party. I couldn't believe it. Wow. It was at her daughter's home up in Conway, Pocky. Wow. I don't know if you know Pocky, but she is a, a, a very strong, wonderful, amazing woman who just went through cancer and everything and coming out you know, beautifully from everything. And she's just really... Uh, but Good all for these her, three hundred friends. Yeah, that's I mean, amazing. just amazing. And we were at her daughter's wonderful old house in Conway with the chickens there and 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 beautiful gardens. It was just. And every room we went into, you know, there were another 25 people eating or drinking or whatever. Just so amazing. And I thought, well, that's the life, a, a, a life where you give to others and others all love you for it. <laughs> right. And they give back to you. Yes, absolutely. Kind, right? Yes. They give back to you. Absolutely. And that's what life is really all about. Yes. yes right. Yes. Well, I think this has been a wonderful time with you. I'm so, so glad that you came, Judy. Thank it's you so really, much really for inviting wonderful. me, Lynn. Thank I'm delighted. You so, thank you so I'm much, I'm delighted Judy. to have known you for the past 17 years <laughs> yeah. and that you have shared your incredible energy and kindness and generosity yeah. and heart with everyone on Treehouse Circle. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you so much. Well, we uh, it's just amazing what you've done, and I'm all for helping you spread the word. Thank so you. We, we have a treehouse. <laughs> what we need is a treehouse 
in every country of the world. Oh yes, <laughs> and in every state in the United right, States, right. and you know, all across Massachusetts. I feel like if we could have five yeah. or six right. treehouse communities in the Commonwealth, so many more right. people would be able to right. rise and thrive. So the next thing we're going to be doing is working on the film. Yes, yeah, that, that'll yes. do it. Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. please. Okay, Thank as you. Harry Spence says. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. To find out more about our intergenerational community, just go to treehousefoundation.net.